In a world where three pudgy middle school history teachers discuss random aspects of history. Uh, I got nothing. Oh, Hatfield, we got you. Yeah, it, wait, who you calling pudgy? Yeah, man, that's, that's kind of rude. No, 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 I'm rude. It's that time again, the History Bros Podcast. Back on with you. Welcome in. Good to see you. I'll hear you. Well, you can't really hear you. You can hear us, though. And I uh, got the two wacky guys, uh, Jason Hatfield and Brian Geldmacher. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> is that still in? Uh, is that is that still like a, a thing? Is that it is that still was. A, was it, okay? It I'm never sorry. ever was. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I, I'll do better. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> that was, I got, I got a really good one that goes, I love you, man, that I'll use next nope. week. <laughs> no. Nope. God. God. <laughs> well, welcome. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been a week and some time here as uh, last week we got into the family history of the most famous uh, member of us here, the, uh, the Hatfield family. Uh, I have to admit, I am the most famous Hatfield on this podcast. There is no doubt about that. I was I was going to argue on that one with you, but but you know I I'm a little upset because we've been sitting here, we've been talking, and neither of you have said anything about my haircut. Oh, Mm. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, How was Mm. your haircut? I mean, can't you see it? I'm trying to feel it. It's like you don't see me, rude. I, it's like I'm sitting right here, and you don't ever pay attention to me. Oh, jeez. You know, oh. I, I'm really, really sorry. Um, we should start over. This is ridiculous. Seriously? we sh- You want us to start over? No. No. Oh. Hey, you know. You think after, like, you know, three episodes, we, you figure out how this works. Well, you, honestly, you'd think after a week of uh, hanging out with you two, I'd figure this out. But, alas, I am still the last race in the horse. Oh, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I just move along. (laughs) Smile and nod, move along. Did you catch what I just said? Because I just caught it. The last race in the horse? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be the other way around, the other last horse. It was. What that means is that we should should take you out back and and put you down. That's what what, what you just said. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Jeez. I can can feel myself dying a little bit inside right now for some reason. Oh my lord! Wow, I uh, holy cow! Usually, well, hey, uh, the rude real... in your spoonerisms. Well, no. <laughs> no, so here... <laughs> here's my question: If you do that, is that going to be the launch for Jamestown Jerky? It might be. You don't know. You won't. <laughs> That's know. true. I won't know. <laughs> you, you won't. <laughs> I'm so glad that I could launch your business for you. We'll we'll try and put a little like you know see through plastic strip in the back so we can see you when we put you in the bag and send you off to market, baby. <laughs> nah, I'm way over market weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the packer this taking me. got morbid in a hurry. Isn't that par for course? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, you know, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Oh, boy. So, these two nuns. (laughs) Nope. Walk into a bar. No, thank you. No, no? thank you. All right. Okay. Uh, Hey, whatever. I did not mean to step on your puritanical buckled shoes. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) 
Oh my lord! Why don't we? Uh, <laughs> let's get to uh, this, this week in history. history. It's time. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds good. That's, that's so uh, obviously uh, this uh, uh, week in history. Uh, we have in 1791, the federal city was named Washington District of Columbia. Indeed, it week. was. Did you know that for the longest time, people didn't call it Washington D.C. They called it Washington City. Yes, I knew that actually. Um, actually, no, I'm not sure if I did know that or not. Oh yeah, I got. I went to a, a uh, I went to a reenactment in uh, just down the road here, and I talked about how all of my students that were there had just gotten back from Washington D.C. They're like, we don't know where that is. Is that near Washington City? And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's how it's going to be. <laughs> All right, so moving along, um, <laughs> September 7th, September 7th, 1813, the United States gets its nickname of Uncle Sam. Uh, now, there are a few different versions of how the term Uncle Sam uh, comes to be, uh, but in this particular uh, anecdote, the name is linked to Samuel Wilson, uh, who was from New York, who supplied uh, beef in barrels uh, to the United States Army during the War of 1812. It's a little bit of misnomer because the War of 1812 lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, like two years. More than and, 1812, um, right, right, right. So um, the barrels had U.S. Um, uh, stamped on them, but uh, people started uh, referring to him uh, delivering them as basically Uncle Sam with the United States on that. But I've heard different versions. There's a book on uh, 1812 that I read recently that I think had a different anecdote of it. So this could be completely wrong. That could be. Hey, you never. But, well, that's um, the beautiful thing about all this stuff is yeah. it's just fun stories. Did he did he have the beard and everything? And did he wear like red, white, and blue pants with stripes? Uh, Uncle Sam, or are you talking about this particular person? Sam Wilson. You know what? Sam Wilson is also the character that Ashton Kutcher played when he was faking who he was in, uh, uh, what's that show they were in? Uh, uh, Two and a Half Men. Really? Crickets. There you go. Yes. Do we want to put down money on to that they were intending for this to be something patriotic? Uh, I'm going to no. guess that they were waiting for uh, a three uh, very witty social studies teachers to come along and talk about it on their podcast. Oh, that's legit. That, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think there's that's in existence. I, I think. <laughs> okay, fine. Three, <laughs> fine. Three schmucks on their podcast. Yeah, schmucks. Schmucks I can go with. Schmucks, yeah, I'm on board. I'm on that board with sense. that. That makes way more sense. Oh, Hey, Geldmacher, I think you got one for us here. It's like uh, 19, yes. Uh, this is local. I threw this one in. 1906, uh, Bradbury Robinson of St. Louis University throws the first forward pass in a football game. Now, Hatfield, I know you. this is right up your alley, so <laughs> I, probably tell some stories. I love me some sports ball. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> it, this is a fun fact. 1906 was the first season in which the forward pass was legal. How about that? Really? That's I thought awesome. it was 1907. No, no, no. <laughs> let's, let's be very clear. It was definitely 1906. Nin 1906, because they were doing the back passing. Yeah, I'm sure. Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Do you know why they put the forward pass in? Uh, you're here to tell us. Because, truthfully, uh, it was a safety measure because the uh, running plays were killing too many kids. Oh, well, there you go. And this backed <laughs> everybody off a little bit. Wait, seriously. Wait, wait, killing kids? What? So it was a... <laughs> Seriously, it was a it was a fraternal game. It was a it was a college game, and and there's actually a documentary that's going on 
this year because it's the 150th season for college football. And what happened okay. is all these kids were getting either trampled, piled on, like internal lacerations to um, internal organs, and apparently that's not Your good. God. Yeah. And so, I mean, there were like, there was tw- 20, you know, tens of kids that were dying every year. <laughs> Just, just tell them to get up and walk it off. Well, I think they right. tried I mean, kids that. Kids are so soft. And then, like, they a little dirt on it and move on. Right. But I think they would Rub walk a little, a little farther and all of a sudden they'd drop again and, you know, that was the end of it. But anyway, uh, throw a little, yeah. So the throw idea, a little dust on that and just walk it off. Right. No, the idea was this would force people to not have everybody up at the line of scrimmage, basically, and it would spread things uh, out a little bit. And that's that, from what I understand. More or less, that is why they put it in. It was it was more a safety measure. Plus, it was also a, and actually to to go back even farther, President Teddy Roosevelt was part of that decision or part of the influence on that. It sounded like Roosevelt was ready to say, "Listen, either fix this game and make it safer, or get rid of it because it's killing too many people." Hmm. And I may have butchered that, and if I did, someone call yeah. me on it, let me know. But it, it makes for That's- a good story. No, I um you I I take a back seat when it comes to sports. Good, because I, I take a back. <laughs> I take a back seat when it comes to most everything else. <laughs> most. Right. Well, that's what I'm going to say. Anyway, moving right along. Moving right along. 1972. Who's taking that one? You go ahead and take it. I got a, a, something to, to drop in on that one, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1972. Arab terrorists murder 11 Israeli hostages and a West German police officer. During the Sumper Olympic, Sumper? Did I say Sumper? Mm-hmm. Summer yes, Olympic, Sumper. It's it's um you know it's a it's a way that you can you have like autumn, and then you have like you yeah. know uh, winter, spring, and then Sumper is kind of like the is it like September? Okay, so moving right along, Summer Olympics in Munich, <laughs> West Germany, uh, Germany. Um, there's actually a really uh, is an amazing documentary called One Day in September. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. that talks about this whole, uh, the Munich, uh, massacre that is, uh, it's really, it's, it's fascinating because one of the things that you don't think, or you don't really even consider is, you know, you have, uh, Germany just coming out of, you know, the 1940s, mm-hmm. uh, with the Holocaust. And now you have Jews that are being, um, held hostage and, you know, potentially murdered and in Germany again. And it's just, you know, there's just so many facets. It's a, it's an incredibly sad, sad story. But, mm-hmm. um, and of course, uh, Spielberg creates Munich, which um, is also kind of like a streamlined version of history, but uh, also. Uh, uh, sure. It was a very good film. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I talked absolutely. to, an, I once talked to an athlete uh, who was there when this went down. Uh, oh, wow. And actually oh, it's, wow. it's somebody that uh, a lot of, I will go out on a limb here and say a lot of the people that are listening to this have probably heard of in one way or another. It's a guy by the name of Dan Gable. Have either of you heard of Dan? That name is familiar. Why is that name familiar? I don't so, think so. He was the Iowa wrestling coach um, from like the late 70s, mid-late 70s through 1999. He won. He is, has the record for most national championships won as a coach. Uh, for NCAA wrestling, um, he's a huge. When it comes to like USA wrestling, he he is the face of USA wrestling. He's the biggest thing in wrestling. Uh, he went. Oh, wow. uh, he was undefeated until his very last match in college, and he lost a national championship match 
um, mm. when he was a, a huge upset. But uh, he's from Iowa. He still lives around here. I've had him on my, my regular sports show that I do on, on the radio station I, I do this for. Uh, he's been on twice, once on the air, and actually one time he drove up and did a two-hour special along with a few other guys up here. And he's just oh wow, but yeah, he was there, and I've talked to him about this. And he said it was just it was so scary because it's going down, and you didn't know who was gonna. You know, he was not in the same building, um, but right. I mean, it just it rattled everybody so darn much, and it was right. I think I want to say it was before he had to compete too. And it was one of the things that was uh, also fascinating is the uh, the progress of technology, because one of the reasons they were going to storm uh, the rooms that uh, the Black September was he- uh, holding these hostages and they were airing everything live. Right. And so as this raid is going on and the news cameras are watching it, the guys in the, the rooms are watching it live on TV and so that you know and it was just kind of like well we got to call this off because <laughs> i mean these people are going to get killed because of this oh yeah so i mean and it's just you know and nowadays you've got 24-hour news and you know it's it's out there all the time right. so yeah. it's interesting that that was because you know at our age and whatnot trying to look back and this is something that you know dealing with uh, the kids in the class trying to get them to to peel back what what it is they think they know or if they do mm-hmm. know it mm-hmm. and try and say okay let's walk into this scenario not knowing what the the end result is right and um yeah. you know try and you know approach it like well it could be like this or it could be like that and know kind of what experiences that they're actually going through at that time so so, so you're talking like classic outcome of project-based learning well yeah i actually uh, will be starting up a, a pilgrim and wampanoag project where um i actually separate the class into pilgrims and half the class in wampanoags and they have uh they have some resources and stuff that they they research um and then they go off and do their thing and then their the end result is they have to determine whether or not they should work together oh sure i mean what what is it that they do they benefit from working with the pilgrims do the pilgrims need to have uh the wampanoags and during the course and and the thing is is that as long as they're able to use the evidence that they're researching I mean, if they say no, we shouldn't be working with them at all. I mean, as long as they can back that up based on the facts that they have, then, I mean, that's not necessarily a wrong answer. But I, sure. I don't want them to go, right. well, yeah, I guess we're going to have turkey and stuff and Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. No, I want it to really be, you know, I want them to, to consider what the other options were. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I'll take the last one here because I want to. Please. Yep. Uh, uh, this week, specifically the 11th of 2001, uh, airplanes were flown into the World Trade Center in New York City and the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., although it was technically in Arlington, in an apparent terror plot. And uh, I think that's the lead into uh, what we're going to get into heavy this week, uh, the 9-11 attack. Of course, today is the anniversary of 9-11. Um, and so obviously we, we tip our caps to all those involved in it. But the fact of the matter is, all of us, all three of us were involved in it in our own way, as were, I would imagine, every one of you in your own way. Um, if you were born before 2001, you were part of it. So I think, uh, guys, what I'd like to do is is start out by, by asking what was going on for you guys and, and uh, how did you experience this? Um, <clears throat> well, I'll start. Uh, first off, let me also add, uh, I don't, 
and I think we always have a tendency to, to let this slip our minds, um, the plane that crashed outside of uh, Shanksville, yeah. Pennsylvania. We can also not forget them as well. United um, yes. And I, I apologize. I should have mentioned that no, as no, well. No, it's quite all right. It happens. Um, for me, uh, I had a eight-month-old child. Um, I was working in the mailroom. Um for a very large financial advising company. Um, and I had just gotten done with uh, our first mail run of the morning. And I came back into the uh, to the mail, the central mail room, and we were just about to open up um, our first batch of FedEx envelope deliveries that we have to, you know, parcel out to the different departments that they go to on campus. And the what we called the intranet um, at the time. So, so advanced for 2001, uh, the, the, the TVs kick on, uh, they, they had, they had gone from like announcing when the barbecue was going to be. Um, and I believe it was ABC news. I, I don't recall the, the channel, but uh, it was, um, you know, it, it was, it was the pictures of the, of the, the first tower being hit. Um, mm. And I was standing in the mail room, uh, watching it and you know it wasn't such a big deal um because you know we you'd see you know you see accidents on the highway you you know you you hear about train derailments and it's like oh okay that's fine this is this is just another one of those things and then as you're watching um <clears throat> and you see the second plane hit live on tv mm. and then immediately you think uh my first thought was uh, you know, as, as a new parent, I, I want to, I need to be with my, my child. I want to, mm. I want to, I want to leave right this moment and go be with my child. Cause at the moment you don't know, you, you know, it's you, you, you thinking that you're not some insignificant being anymore. Now you're part of something that's happening and it's, you don't know the ramifications. You don't know how big it's going to get. You don't know how, you know, and, I, and my wife will tell you the same thing. If, if you ever talk to her, she says, my first thought was, I, I, I want to hold my baby. I can imagine. That's, that's where I was. <laughs> did you have to stay at work the whole time or did you get a chance to go home right away? Or what, what, how did they handle um, the, that? The good thing about that is, again, uh, since we since I worked for um, a very large one of the largest uh, financial advising groups in the in the country, um, very connected to Wall Street. So mm -hmm. as soon as Wall Street was closed, um, there was no need for us to be there. So we we did get to leave. I think it was, I think around. I mean, it was it was no more than fifteen minutes after Wall Street shut it down. So were you in? You were living in Missouri at that time. Yeah, 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 St. Louis. Okay. So then my next question is: If you're in financial advising, did you have connections to the buildings? Um. I, mean, I I would imagine we might have. Uh, I we never really learned. I hate to be that guy who who plays victim because of the guys in the mailroom, but you know we were in the mailroom. We didn't get a whole lot of that information. Sure. Um, I'm sure we. I'm sure we probably did. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, the 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 one thing that it really affected us was the fact that Wall Street shut it down, and we were you know there was no need for us to be there that day then. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'll go next. Um, I was uh, living in Wilmington. Uh, let's see, 2001. I was, what, around 28? And I was working at a, um, a 
hotel, a beach resort in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. I was living in Wilmington. And um, I wasn't working on this particular day that I can remember. Um, or because the phone rang and I woke up and it was a friend of mine. And I was like, what's going on? And she said, well, the, the whole world's blowing up. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, have you not turned on the TV? And I was like, uh, no. So I go and I turn on the TV. And it's not like I had to look very far. I mean, it was playing <laughs> yeah. everywhere on every, every single channel. channel. Yeah. And by this point, both um, of the towers had been hit. And I'm like, and you know, you're thinking this is like, you know, this is like the Empire State Building. This is like, this is, this has always been the New York City skyline. Mm -hmm. And right. now there's two gaping, smoking holes out of this thing. And at that point, I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to do this massive catch up as to what happened, what was going on. And um, it was and, you know, then, of course, you find out about uh, the Pentagon. You find out about, you know, the plane going down in uh, Pennsylvania and you just sit there. And I, the thing I try to tell my kids when we talk about this is that there's no there's no greater feeling of vulnerability. Mm hmm than thinking i have no idea what's going to hit next right and it's even to the point that you think that a plane's going to come in and hit your apartment building i mean it's oh, like yeah. there's no uh, you, i have no strategic value whatsoever but you really do not know what's going to happen next and right. it was mm -hmm. such an intense feeling of fear through that entire day mm -hmm. but then um uh and but then they kept playing it over and over and over through the course of the day and i understand you know you need to kind of keep the population involved or uh informed mm -hmm. but you know you in such a such an exhausting just stress-filled day you don't want to keep seeing that view of the plane hitting over and right. over and over for hours and uh that night i was um and actually, we were talking about the whole battle group Spruance thing, the History Channel thing. That was filmed the following week. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. we were sitting around and uh, on the North Carolina filming this basically response to Pearl Harbor. And it was mm -hmm. a very weird mm -hmm. feeling to go, we've just been attacked. And I feel like we're kind of going through another stanza of like oh, the wow. same song. Right. That's crazy. Um, but that evening we were doing, um, uh, I was doing a show with Opera House Theater Company in Wilmington. We were doing, um, the Sunshine Boys and we were, and it was like a, a it was a dress rehearsal. It was, a, an invite dress rehearsal. And I figured they would cancel it because I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's a comedy. Why, wh sure. who, you know, what's going to, and they said, no, we're going to go ahead and do it. And we had such a huge crowd because people wanted to get out of the house mm -hmm. and they wanted to see something apart from that repeated, right. you know, plane flying in over and over and over. And um, I, um, about um, a few weeks later, um, I had uh, a trip uh, with some friends to go down to Disney World. And it was, there was nobody there because mm. people were afraid that that was going to be the next. I mean, this is like a month later. Oh, yeah. But and still. people were so afraid that this was that, you know, terrorist attacks. We were living 
in so much fear looking over our shoulders wanting somebody to be punished for this oh yeah and i mean i remember i got onto um some some of the rides now this is at you know epcot in disney world and we would go through and ride the thing and we'd come to the beginning again and the guy would say uh do you guys just want to go again oh my wow i mean that's never i've never experienced that right but there was there was nobody there because everyone was afraid and um, and to this day, I remember when they finally let the first planes fly because living in uh, or working at this hotel, there were people that were from New York that couldn't leave because sure. you know, they grounded planes, you know, mm. for um, I can't remember. It felt like it was a, at least a couple of days. It was like least. three or four. It definitely was. Yeah. And um, so people couldn't leave and they were terrified. They wanted to get home and find out if every, you know, if people were OK. And I was standing in a parking lot in Wilmington the first time I heard a plane after that. And I looked up and I watched that thing go all the way across. Right. And it was like, I just, you know, you're it's, it's that PTSD. And I mean, I was in Wilmington. I was nowhere near New York. Right. But it was still that, you know, feeling of looking over your shoulder, like, you know, the sky's going to fall. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll never, you'll never forget that. I think that, you know, every generation has that traumatic experience. Like our grandparents, it was, you know, World War II or, you know, Pearl Harbor, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, for our parents, it was probably JFK. Yep. And, you know, for us, it was the birth of Justin Bieber. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, I, and I, not to cut anybody off, and I, I apologize, but I did promise a joke last week uh, that was directed at Hatfield. So, uh, Hatfield, I do have to ask you, where mm-hmm. were you when Kennedy was shot? That's funny. That's funny. That's so funny. I like all the old jokes. <laughs> you you know, you mentioned it and I had completely forgotten about it. And when you said Kennedy, I was like, Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, I have so many responses I could immediately throw out here, but considering how clean we want this podcast to be, I am yeah. refraining from yeah. that. <laughs> No, but seriously, no, but seriously, um, I don't, I, and I tell my kids this, I said, you know, my generation's traumatic time was September 11th. And I said, and you guys will have something that you experience as well. And I don't know what that's going to be. Unfortunately. I mean, that's just the the way we, the world we live in. Yeah. And I said, I just hope that, you know, none of you are involved or affected, you know, in such a direct way, but rude. What about you? Um, well, uh, sorry, I I hate to do this to you. I was the young one. I was still in high school. Um, so, so, I mean, you look at, so you weren't around when Kennedy was assassinated. (laughs) I was not. (laughs) I've read a lot. (laughs) Okay. Just wanting to make sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I mean, as far as what we do now, uh, I probably have the closest experience to what, what you and I, both you and I would experience if this happened like now um mm. just being in the school uh for me it was right after first period i think we had you guys remember channel one at all mm-hmm. oh yeah. sure so, so yeah yeah we were a channel one school and we were having issues with it we had been all year up to that point you know we were more all that Wait, what is what is channel one i don't think i'm familiar with that so do you know what cnn 10 is yes it's kind of like it's like this it was a subscription-based cnn 10 style thing yeah, but it yeah. was a little so more, basically know. gave like you know current events yeah. happening. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it was like Geared an MTV. Towards... 
yeah, like very much like an MTV style uh, news program. Yeah. Do you, you remember the, you know, the journalist, uh, what's her name? Lisa what Ling. What is her name? Lisa Ling. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. She, that's where she started. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As like nice. a 16 year old or something like that, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you guys, you guys couldn't, uh couldn't get the reception or something for well so i don't know we'd been having issues with it i don't know if they were having issues or whether it was stuff that wasn't getting sent out or whatever it was anyway i'll never forget it we had it was our our brand new high school principal who actually is still up there um at at that high school and i was sitting third row uh, third person back right uh, right side of the room along the wall and uh she says channel one is not working today but if you want to turn on cnn i think she said cnn um there's been I can't remember if she said a terror attack on the high, on the World Trade Center or a plane that flew into the World Trade Center, and I just mm. remember saying again, and because both had happened not all that long prior before that because ninety three was the uh, the terror right. attack, and then right. there, there was an airplane that actually had flown into a building out there. Um, it, it may have been a couple of years, but like it, more recent recent enough that I remembered it happening. Sure, and I'm like, what the heck? And and what I remember about it is. Every time I would go to another class, something terrible would happen. So yeah. the building had been hit. I get out of that. I walk into the next class, and it was like three minutes later, and they're like, the other building just got hit. I'm like, what? No, there was a plane just hit. He's like, yeah, we know. But like, no, no, another like a plane. Uh, we, we just saw it. I'm like, no, it happened already. Like, no, no, no. I'm like, it was a replay. No. And then all of a sudden, we look like, oh, my God, it's two. Pl- both the buildings are on fire. Mm. And then, you know, like I said, every time I go to another class, it was the Pentagon. Then it was the collapses of the buildings, and then it was mm. the airplane that crashed uh, near Shanksville. Jesus. Um, and I remember a few crazy things about that that I remember. So we had open campus privileges as juniors uh, and seniors, so the juniors could go home for lunch, which we didn't have much time, like typical, right? Um, mm. but I, think, I think we had a half an hour, and I grew up a block from the You high can't school. even get across the farm in that amount of time. <laughs> I lived in town. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I lived a block from the high school, so I'd come out the back door every day. I'd walk home, get a hot pocket, and head back. And uh, that was, uh, I think that year, it was the year I was trying to cut down some weight. Uh, I, was, I was getting getting up there. And I remember I, my dad was home. He, was, uh, he now is retired, but he was a state trooper. Uh, his experience of the day is quite interesting to listen to as well, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, I get home. He goes, you see what's happened or what's going on? I said, yeah. And uh, so we'd flip through. A, I mean, he was watching it in in the kitchen, and I remember I started. I I checked one channel and I checked another one, and in between was like Home and Garden Network, and it was on nine eleven coverage. I'm like, holy crap! I said, mm-hmm. well, I wonder how many channels it is. And at that time, we had seventy eight channels on cable, and all but three were nine eleven coverage, and that includes oh M- MTV, Nickelodeon, ESPN, everything but like the religious channels and. Like maybe it was Home and Garden Network that wasn't. I don't remember, but there, it, it was literally all but three. I know there was only three channels that didn't have coverage on. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so then that was uh, Tuesday, obviously, and for us in the middle of football season, we were supposed to play Waverly Shell Rock that night, or not that night, that week, uh, and it was going to be, uh, it, yeah, it was going to be a good game. But anyway. Um, I remember after practice on Tuesday nights, we always went to the Pizza Ranch Buffet, and there's a bridge right next to the Pizza Ranch, which it, the Pizza Ranch is just a it's a restaurant, you know, and they got really, really good chicken as well. And I, I'll never forget um, right next. So 
there's a to get to the pizza ranch you have to cross a bridge on the right mm-hmm. just across the bridge on the right side there's a gas station and then it's the pizza ranch and i remember coming up to the bridge and the cars the traffic is backed up we're like what the heck is going on and uh we went around it because we knew they were like in line for something and we looked and i mean this line for the gas was oh, wow. yeah two blocks long and and wow. you know everybody was afraid we weren't going to be able to get any gas after they found out that you know there was middle eastern involvement and of course at that time opec was a big deal and we were getting most of our oil from the middle east and mm-hmm. um but then one of the th- uh, go ahead no well, i was thinking because one of the things that happens during this um this time is because then you know we eventually will you know go into afghanistan we will go into iraq and one of the things that i found out is that i if i'm correct most of the oil that we were getting was actually coming from central and south america well that may be true then but but so, the, but but yeah but i mean but the there. thing is it, it took this situation for me to even know that because i would have thought the same thing right that you know everything's blowing up in the middle east and so you know what's going to happen to our gas right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah i mean it just it was crazy and uh it, for a long time, I didn't remember this. And then a few years ago, and, and, and part of this is actually, um, I go out to, I, so I go, you guys know, I go out to Washington, D.C. every year with my class. Um, mm-hmm. And I got, I, so I took my family, my own family out once, and we stopped in Shanksville, which if you get a chance, it's, it's well worth it. Um, mm-hmm. But I said, I want to do what I do with my students with you guys. And so I was talking to them about this, and, and just a lot of memories came back up. And I remembered the way we commemorated that Friday night at the football games. The only time I've ever had this happen, they got one of those huge American flags, and they had both teams come out, and every other player was, you know, so it was like one of our guys, one of their guys, one of our guys around this whole flag. And that's right. how we, we opened up. And then one of the more poignant things was – when the fire department, the local fire department up in where I grew up, um, they went up to the college game and the guys wore, they didn't wear their coats, they just wore their pants and their helmet and they did the same thing with the flag and they said there, you, there was not a dry eye. It was just amazing. And then they were also the grand marshals in the, uh, the local parade the next year and that's what they marched in and the same thing. They just, it was unbelievable. And, you know, talking about the, you know, the American flag, I don't know, not to seem unappreciative or whatnot, but, you know, I'd always considered up until that point, the American flag seemed a little hokey, seemed a little overly traditional, but there was something about this event that took place that really just kind of it was oh, more yeah, yeah. Oh, inspiring yeah. that it was like, you know, we've been attacked and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, so many of the, of the wars that we've been involved in, like even you know um desert storm and and what that and you know we were there to help other people you know mm-hmm. uh somalia this you know this kind of stuff but this was you know we this was we were attacked yeah this was different yeah this was and different. the the i remember looking at the american flag they had painted it on a on a set of garage doors and in, in uh in wilmington and i saw it and i was just kind of like you know yeah yeah, <laughs> we are, you know, we're and the thing, but and I hate to say this, but that that unity, especially like on the congressional level, lasted for about a good 35 minutes. Right. <laughs> and then it and then it seemed like all of a sudden we started like nitpicking. And and that was one of the experiences that I that I found out that it, the only times it feels like that we as a country have ever been together is if there is a common enemy. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's not like, hey, we're trying to make this country better. It's like, no, here's somebody that's bad that wants to hurt us. We need to protect ourselves from that. That's really, it seems like that's the only time we've ever. It's like the the domestic dispute on the lawn. And then the cop shows up 
and then they both turn on the cop, you know? Right. Yeah. Right, right, you know what I mean? right. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a common... Yeah. Well, That's a very trailer that park reference of you, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> Missouri. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, and, 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 yeah, the thing about it is, and this is, I tell my students this all the time, I, people want... Um, very clear cut, clear cut, black or white, you know, heroes versus villains. And in those sure. moments create those where the rest of reality is very black and white with a lot of moving parts. And it's not easy to know what's right and what's wrong. And, and so, I mean, I think that's part of what plays yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that um, and it's kind of sad because, I mean, obviously, September 11th, you know, you're looking at around 3000 people that were killed. Mm -hmm. But had September 11th not happened, then it probably would have been the Challenger explosion that would have been the one that kind of stuck out in my mind. Yeah, and that was um, one of those. Yeah, not to not to delve off, but yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I we we watched that live as well. I mean, yeah, they rolled yeah, it in. Was, I think I was in. I, I want to say I was in middle school at that particular point. I can't remember. I but was, I was in the fourth grade, so yeah, that's yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. What, yeah, and you were born every... in like ninety, so yeah. Was that eighty six? That was eighty six. Yeah. I, was, I think I was, so. And, and that was like I was one. that was. I was one. I mean, and that was. God, I mean, and I mean, so it's like, and it's it's sad that you're having to think. Okay, well, here's some things jockeying for the worst tragedy to happen in my oh, lifetime. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah, that was um. Have you guys was, ever uh, Have you guys ever been to New York since then, or? Yeah. Um, so I was there in 2003, so short, not all that long afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, we were out there on a band trip. They had not even finished cleaning out the hole. They were still pulling steel out of the hole and cleaning things mm -hmm. up. Yeah. All of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the memorials and stuff that were hanging on the fences and the walls were still up. Wow. Um, I mean, it wasn't dusty, but like we like to look in the hole, we had to go in an adjacent building and then you look through the glass down into the hole. Sure. Um, so Jeez. I've had that, but like I said, I've been out to the Shanksville site, and I've actually been there twice now in the last four years. Uh, the first one they really had stuff started pretty well, and now I was out there this last time, um, not this last summer, but in 2018, and the visitor center is open, and it's if, if you get a chance to go out there, it's well worth your time. Yeah, they have a like a kind of like a wind chime sort of thing set up. Yes, don't they? Yeah, I've seen that. That's kind of cool. And so yeah, yeah it, it's got 39 different chimes with 39 different pitches so that every voice is individual. And basically what they do out there, their, their big thing is that they want everyone to know that there's individuals, yet they want everyone to know that they acted in unison. Yeah. So if you look at the memorial, um, it's it looks like a continuous wall, but when you get up close, you realize it's kind of angled and there's actually gaps in between. So that's what the, the symbolism is. From a distance, it looks like they're together, working together. But when you get close up, you realize, that, yes, they are still individuals. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I unfortunately have never – I have not been to – I don't think I've ever actually ever been to New York. And um, the uh, the Pennsylvania one – I mean, these are obviously things that I need to. The, the closest I think I, I could admit to getting was uh, – about a year, maybe less than a year after the Oklahoma City bombing, mm. Uh, mm. I was on my way out to New Mexico and I stopped off and um, saw the site where uh, that was. They didn't have them. I mean, there were still there were still buildings that were damaged from the explosion. Sure. From oh, wow. that. But um, but yeah, no, I haven't. Um, I've been out there, too. I I just, and it's just it's difficult. And and the thing is, when you try to teach 
September 11th in the class, you know, now you're, st we're teaching kids that weren't alive. Right. When that's the place. And, but the thing is, is that, um, I mean, and it's in when you're, when I'm telling about it, when I'm really trying to relay the feelings of it, you know, because I mean, it's still something that we're having to deal with, you know, as a, as a society, because mm -hmm. there's still a great deal of fear and prejudice against, um, you know, Muslims and uh, people that look of a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. And um, there's this, you know, feeling of, you know, not being able to trust them. And I mean, I was in, I was just telling my wife, uh, I was in uh, the grocery store right around the corner from us. And there was a, a couple that walked by me with their kids and, you know, they were in full, you know, like, uh, you know, traditional Muslim garb. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was like, and, and I, and I never once was like, Oh no, you know, what are they going to do? It was just kind of like, it's, I feel like I'm happy that I'm living in a place where these people don't have to be afraid to express themselves in that capacity. Right. Cause I know right after September 11th, that was, that had to have been a hard lifestyle to be. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like being a, you know, Japanese American after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Sure. There's this like, oh, well, you look like these people. So therefore you must be these people. Right. Mm -hmm. And just un unless it's, you know, unless it's, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, a mass shooter, then I guess that's different. But we don't need to go into that. Yeah. There, but well, um, there's a lot to unpack with that. Have you guys there? Well, there's this 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 entire subject of September 11th. There's so much that we could possibly even try to, to touch upon with this. Mm -hmm. um, and there, I know that there's a book coming out uh, on September 10th called, I think, The Last Plane in the Sky. I, I need to look it up. But it's a bunch of first-person accounts of people, I think, in government and whatnot who um, who survived. Or, or, or you know, it's their first-person stories. And I think one of the ones, oh, wow. the excerpts that I, that I saw beforehand was talking about, I think, Dick Cheney trying to uh, determine whether or not they were going to have to blow uh, passenger jet jets out of the sky. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and did you send that thing that had... No, you. what did you send? You sent something about... Was it the rhetoric of night... night no, you sent the thing, sent us the thing about... Yeah, about Cheney and the, the first person yeah, interviews. That a, yeah, that was me. So I got two things And I mean, and when you're... And just think about that. I mean, it's like... You know that there is a plane that's been hijacked that could be going to, right. I mean, the only other targets that there, you know, potentially could have been were the Capitol building or the White House. You mm -hmm. don't know which one that's going to be. And so now it's up to you to determine to, you know, to scramble some jets to shoot down a passenger plane with innocent civilians. Mm -hmm. But that could potentially have destroyed and caused who knows Oh yeah. What kind of damage? And that's the kind that's I mean that's that's a big choice to make. That's real world stuff is what that yeah, is. Yeah. That is tough. And, Far and, above my pay grade. Well, and yeah. And, and like you said, you know, the the article that you sent, it's basically interviews with people that were involved with it, including Cheney, Condoleezza Rice, um, and the people that actually had to make the decisions and the two pilots that got scrambled with no weapons. They were going to have to wrecked the plane essentially they said that the one had said i'm going to take the cockpit the other one had said they're going to take out the tail um, oh wow and that's what that was using their plan. like guns no using their plane oh god 
It was a su- basically they knew they were going on a suicide mission if they made contact with this thing. Well, so, if, so does that does that mean that the decision was made to not have to admit that we fired upon a passenger plane? No, it's because they didn't have any. It was the the oh the Air National Guard. Yeah, time. they scrambled them and they didn't have gotcha. anything. So that that was wow. literally the only weapon wow. they had was the plane itself. Well, if you read the the September 11th uh, commission report you really do know that um, we were completely unprepared for anything like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, so, let and, me... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's what I'm going to tell you about that. So, in my other life, one of my other lives, I'm a, a firefighter and a first responder and a, a rescue... Ex, or, excuse me, uh, an extrication technician or rescue technician. Uh, and I also work with emergency management. And so that's kind of a passion area of mine. As I said before, my dad is a retired trooper. So I kind of grew up in this. And the stuff that has come out since 9-11, as far as preparedness, as far as um, the money that was put towards things, as far as the equipment that's been made available, 9-11 right. was a game changer. Because they, the, the yeah, at the federal level, they said, holy cow, we are, this ain't good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They had they were not ready, and there's been huge, and I mean billions, probably trillions of dollars pumped into across the country, not just large cities, but even small departments, because like we saw, Shanksville had, had to deal with a plane crash of a 757, I think it was. As it turned out, there's only 39 people on it, um, but still, what if that plane is full, you know? And so, yeah, it, it just, that, yeah. That, that, that was a huge impact just on emergency preparedness. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that the I mean, we we are we feel like we are so well defended. We feel, you know, we've got, you know, tanks with, you know, depleted uranium armor and, you know, we've got, you know, um, the 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 highest tech gadgets for communication. We have all this kind of stuff. But then you have something that's so sinister and so incredibly low tech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and next thing you know, three thousand people gone. Right. And and it's not necessarily just that. I mean, it just kind of makes you think. You know, how well are we going to be prepared for the next thing that happens that we've never experienced and therefore aren't prepared for? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I, I I think our intelligence has improved on some of that. Uh, I I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't even know that has been of overted. Uh, but yeah, you're, oh, you're sure. right. Oh, sure. But at some point, somebody's going to do something. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And we're going to here. We go again. Yep. Have you guys heard so, of? So, um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I've done that to you twice now. You go ahead. No, no, no. I was just thinking. Um, how do you, um, as teachers? I mean, how do you approach this? How do you come in and and try and approach this kind of thing? To I mean, because you do have a conflict where you have kids that weren't alive during yeah, this that's, time. That's one of the, I guess that's, um, that's a, it, that makes it more difficult. Um, although in one breath, I say it's difficult, but then it's also easier because they have no preconceived notions or preconceived, right. There's nothing that, uh, you know, you can ask them, what do you know about it? Then they, they tell you what they know, but there's not a whole, whole lot of depth to it. Yeah. So you can actually kind of, um, you know, I, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of retelling of, of, 
of the story that I that I shared earlier, um, you know, and then how afterwards we just sat at my parents' house because I, you know, didn't want to even go home. It was it was just uh, we just sat there and watched the news and we just and I, I, I relate to them the the idea of just being together. Um, and it kind of talks to that level of uh, when people when people refer to September 12th, how we all kind of came together. Um, I refer to that quite a bit um, mm-hmm. and and reference things like Pearl Harbor and uh, and um, I show a video that uh, that talks about or actually shows the members of Congress singing God Bless America right. on the Capitol steps. Um, there's actually a really good. Uh, oh, where is it? It's. um it's uh it's on youtube and i don't i can't find it now but it's uh it's like a it's like a five and a half minute video and it's it's based on abc news and uh you know kind of how they covered it that day and i've uh, seen it yeah it's it's actually kind of interesting because one of the first things they talk about it's the introduction of good morning america and they're talking about how michael jordan's coming back and they're all excited about that and then they have to break in and say we've got some news for you yeah (laughs) um right which is and that's kind of how I introduce it because it, it's it's for me and for these kids they know who Michael Jordan is they understand that type of uh, that type of life um, but then you see the news of the day change and that it, they get introduced to that you know almost immediately and it's it's you know we talk like I said we talk about it I share my story because they weren't alive um, and then I ask I, and then I open it up I say you know what do you want to know what do you are do you have do you have questions. Yep. You know, about anything. Um, you know, I had a kid last year ask me, what was it like to, to look up and not see planes? He was, and I said, honestly, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced mm-hmm. uh, to, to not hear anything in the air, helicopters, airplanes. Um, at the time I lived near our, near our, in our airport. And uh, you could tell the time of day by the time that the, uh, the Missouri National Guard would send out its fighter jets, you know, on training, on just practice runs. Mm-hmm. You could tell the time by it, and that didn't happen. It was just the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. So I use that video. We talk about it quite a bit, um, and and like I said, I use I, I do a lot of uh, a lot of discussion. Just you know, tell me what you think. Tell me what you mm-hmm. think. Tell me what questions you have. Let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, for me, um, so like on Wednesday. And uh, my students won't hear that. So I, I think we actually have a couple that try to listen in on this. But um, what, on, so, well, I shouldn't say what. Today, when uh, <laughs> the kids come into class, um, what's going to happen is they're going to come in. I'll do my normal attendance. Uh, won't address anything. I'll say, hey, got a video we're going to start out with today. And I don't tell them what it is. And some of them know that, I mean, they all know the date. Sure. Um, and they've all, right. some of them have seen the news and know, there's always commemorations on in the mornings. So some of yep. them kind of see it coming. Some of them don't. And I play the video, and when it starts, it is. it, it looks like a scratchy video. Like, you know when you used to record onto a VCR, you, you get that, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, the staticky fuzz. Mm-hmm. And, right. And so it starts off with kind of a commercial, that, like it's in the middle of a commercial, and all of a sudden they come out uh, awkwardly out of this commercial break back to something, and it's the 9-11 stuff, and the first plane mm-hmm. has just hit. And so that plays for about five minutes, and then it switches over to the second plane hitting, um, and then it switches over to um, 
the collapse of the first tower, but it's also at the same time that the Pentagon got hit, and then mm-hmm. the final one is the the collapse. It's about twenty minutes worth of just the uh, what you and I saw, what we all saw, mm-hmm, and right. uh, and and so from there I'll say, students, this this is how we would have if you were there. This is how you would have experienced it. I said, mm-hmm. th- I said I was. I mean, I was three years older than you. You know, this this is how I experienced it. Um, and this is how if if this happened when we were if we were in class right now and this happened, this is this is what you would exp- this is how you would experience it sitting here, seeing it firsthand. Um, I said this is as, I'll always I always say this is as close to a time machine as I can ever make um, because, you know, uh, aside from the, the style of clothes we're wearing, it's the same stuff, you know, and, yeah. and projector instead of a TV. But um, and then I'll usually say uh, and I try to set it up really powerfully like that and just let the the the. In, you know what happened on the screen take take effect and mm-hmm. then i mean middle schoolers are morbidly curious they want to know and that's right. and that's why they that's why they get into the holocaust so much they they're morbidly curious about that because they know it was bad and they want to know why cuz i truly believe that middle schoolers want to prevent these things from happening again and so they want to know so they can start formulating you know all that whatever um and so, yeah. yeah, we get into the same type of thing. But the one thing that I, I think I want to talk about and share, well, let me back up. Sometimes I'll show them other videos. Uh, if they start asking about certain things, I mean, I've watched enough videos about 9-11 to know kind of what's available. But what some of my go-tos, there's one called Boat Lift. Uh, maybe you guys have seen it. Um, oh, I've heard this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um Basically, it's about how they evacuated Manhattan Island using um, everything. So the Staten Island Ferry, tugboats, everything. So they, they, they got them out. It's a great story. But the other one I like to use is called The Man in the Red Bandana. It's about Wells Crowther, who was a former uh, Boston College uh, field hockey player. Not field hockey, lacrosse player. He was working in the, the towers. He was just getting ready to leave that job to go become a – New York City firefighter, and he helped guide a whole bunch of people out. Uh, Tom mm. Rinaldi uh, actually put that together for ESPN. That's that's where it first aired, and, and a lot of teachers use both those videos. But what I'm really excited about is not what I'm going to do this week or today, but what I'm going to be doing here in a few weeks with my seventh graders. Uh, they don't know this yet, but there's a book called 910 by Nora Baskin. It's a young adult reader, and it follows the story of five kids that, as it turns out, they all were kind of interconnected, but they never knew it. And uh, mm. it's their story of the day before and then eventually the day of. And what's going to happen is our kids are going to read all the way up to it. And then the day that I get them where we actually enter into this whole thing, um, they're gonna, then they're going to start what happened the day of 9-11. And they continue hmm. on from there. Um, and then they're gonna, the project itself, it's a, it's a full-on, this, this is like a three-week, three, four-week, well, probably a three-week project. They are, we're going to examine world-changing events. And say, and this is going to be our case study, and we're going to say, okay, so this is what happened, you know, what resulted of this, you know, that kind of stuff. And one of the things I'm so excited about is, and I haven't reached out to her just yet, but I'm, I, I know she'll do it. I think we're going to do an interview with Nora Baskin so we can talk to her about hmm. research. But then I'm so excited. I've t- I reached out to ESPN. I, I've got it all set up. I just have to get closer to the date we're going to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm 98% positive I'm going to have Tom, Tom Rinaldi for at least a phone call and possibly a, a – a, a video interview so i'm that's my my personal that's brag awesome. yeah but nice. so and like i said it's one of those things they're curious about it but and actually well i want to come back to something here but i'll let uh, jason talk about what he's going to do first 
Oh no, I um for my how I approach it is I kind of try and tie it back into other experiences that we've had in our history and the way that it seems like it's another stanza of the same song. Because if you take a look after the assassination of Lincoln, you've got the government and the people in general that have never encountered this tragedy before that wind up doing like a, a knee jerk reaction almost to try and we want to make sure that whoever did this is punished and we want to make sure that we're safe. And then you have like what happened with the Japanese Americans after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, where they're interned in, uh, you know, in camps, same thing, you know, here's uh -huh. people that had nothing to do with it, but they resembled a certain thing. And then it's like, well, did this happen again after another tragedy that we were woefully unprepared for? And the, the students are like, yeah, I mean, because the, you know, people that looked like they were from the Middle East are immediately going to be treated with suspicion and things like that. And so I usually try to approach it more of a, this is, you know, when this happens again in our history, you know, who, you know, are we going to learn from these others just because somebody looks a certain way? Are they the ones that were responsible for it? Should we, you know, mm -hmm. how should we approach it, you know, the next time? Right. Absolutely. So um, that's that's usually that's because, I mean, people are going to know the dates. People are going to they may not they may know at least the, a lot of times the kids don't remember that it was the Pentagon and uh, Flight 93. Right. Yes. That uh, landed in uh, landed that uh, crashed in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, that's always the World Trade Center. A lot of times they're like, what? There were there were other ones. And it's, yes. other yeah. Ones? yeah. I mean. Yeah, and it's like even I mean because this hasn't been twenty years yet, correct? Right, and it's already starting to get narrowed to just New York, to just the trade, uh, the World Trade Center, and so uh, when I when I teach it, I usually try to approach it kind of like, well, this is something that we've done in the past. This is something that is not uh, new to us in terms of how we respond, mm -hmm. and what can we learn from it in the past so that people don't have their liberties taken away that people aren't you know murdered for looking like a you know particular group of people and you know try and learn from our mistakes but uh, mm -hmm. um before um but you know what i think now would be a fantastic time before we go any further to uh to maybe um take a, a little break a little and, break, break? Uh, get um uh hear from our um our um, sponsor yeah we can do that work for you brian Okay, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more History Bros for you here right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I, uh, well, you know, I, I had eggs earlier today, and it smells that way in the studio. Oh, my and, God. Uh, <laughs> what? Nothing, what? Nothing, honors, nothing honors September 11th like talking about flashbacks. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh uh, was that what did I faux pas? We could have said anything that could have been like, well, you know, um, we just took a break. Thanks for listening, oh, but yeah, no, Rude's got to bring up his bodily functions today. I so, okay, that's... I wasn't talking about that, I was talking about the fact that there was stuff going on. It would get busy, we all have lives beyond you know, oh, just my I mean, we, we can't all just sit around and update our Wikipedia pages. So were you were you were you harvest were you harvesting eggs then? Did I completely misread what you were talking about? No, I was eating eggs and yeah, I flatulated. It, it smelled <laughs> boom, boom. That's what I thought. 
I could. If you could not use the word boom in reference to this, that would be great. <laughs> no, it's, he can say boom once. It's, it's when you say boom, boom. You know. Oh my god! I didn't even think of that. Wait, what? Oh no! This is God. This is going south in a hurry. In a hurry. You guys. All right. Are all right. Stacked. All right. All right. Let's, okay. Let's bring it back. Okay. Let's so let's back. move on. Let's let's right. let's go back to the content. Uh, so the content here. I, I want to yep. pose a question, and this is a serious question. Sure. Um, and maybe I, I'm gonna actually. It's really not a question. I'm gonna pose something that I saw. Uh, I, I'm in a, a Facebook group uh, for middle school social studies teachers. Um, and honestly, there's some things on there and, and people say some things on there that are pretty ignorant. There was some stuff today about a completely different topic that I got into quite the, the little, um, uh, are you saying it's a microcosm of social media in general? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great. Oh, and it, and wait, they, on, just on Facebook. Yeah. What? Can you believe it? No. Pshaw. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this time of year we get a ton of on that thing, you get a ton of, Hey, um, what are you doing for 9-11 stuff? Because in that one, it seems like everybody wants you to give them all your best <sighs> stuff. Yeah. Which, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but anyway, uh, this one teacher gets on there and said, uh, I don't do anything because the kids no longer have a connection to the event. Uh, mm. it, and that one just, it, it really, it wait, really made me mad. Wait, you don't teach it because, what do you mean by they don't have a connection? They weren't around when that happened? they weren't happened? born? Yeah. That they, doesn't affect. That's what they said. Well, yes. then, what what are you you teaching? Only the last fourteen years? Exactly. Right. That was my comment back. One what of them. In the world. It was one of the worst I things mean, I've ever seen. That is okay. I'm sorry. That is no. That's as absurd. I mean, uh, I, where do I begin? I, know. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're teaching history. Then obviously, I would be willing to bet that about ninety nine percent of history is going to be happening before you were born. That's a yep. safe bet. I would even say. And this, I mean, why talk about Columbus? Why talk about World War Two? Why talk about you know, you know, anything? Well, they weren't born then, so what does it matter? Well, right. that's yeah. the point of learning <laughs> it. The kids don't quote unquote have a connection. Yeah. Who cares? Mike, yeah. yeah, World War II. Well, they weren't alive then. Who cares? And that was <laughs> half of my comment back was yeah. So if that's the case, then why are we talking about anything else in history? And the other th- other side of that, I said I would mm-hmm. contend that this is the most connected event. Uh, the, the event that they're most connected to because every one of their parents was alive. Because every one of their parents was alive. I mean, what are you going to do? Just hand out copies of Harry Potter and then just do that? Well, yeah. I mean, that's not even history. No, no, no. no. It's it's alternate history. Alternate That makes facts. my brain hurt. It physically makes my brain hurt to think that someone is out there thinking that. Right. And I'm a uh, history that- teacher. I mean, okay. Okay. Well, let me let me pose you this. Okay. Let me pose you this. All right. So we read recently, and this is a little bit of a tangent. This happened within the past two, three years where there was a social studies teacher in, I believe it was Clearwater, Florida, that was discovered of doing like a, almost like, I guess, a white supremacist podcast. Oh, I heard well, about it that. Well, it is Florida. I mean, that's, it's Florida. Sorry, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes our Florida listenership. Hang on. I can check um, the stats on that. <laughs> so you have a, a, a teacher that is doing that. And then, oh. you know, people find out about it and then they bust her for that. And 
Uh, there were reports of students telling their parents that the, the teacher would tell them, okay, well, I'm going to get observed today. So if I wind up teaching a little differently, you know, this is why. Would you prefer someone teaching history, but through a specific lens that you may disagree with? Or would you prefer someone who's going to pick and choose what to teach them based on the quote unquote connection that those kids are going to have? Yeah, that's the a first. Probably. If okay. there's a, if you're if you're giving me a choice, like if there's not a C, that it has to be A. <laughs> right. And a C is you just watch movies all the time. Harry Potter books. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dear I God. just I can't I can't begin to imagine. I mean, it's kind of like then that's the belief that the kids have when they come into it that we're trying to deconstruct sure. at the beginning. It's like, why do we need to learn all this? Because it's just old crap that happened, you know, a long time ago on all. These yeah, you're really just dead. feeding that you're feeding that middle school narrative. Why is this? Why do I care about this? Right. That's basically and, what you're saying. And, you know, and I, the thing is, is that, and I'm probably <laughs> going to get in trouble for saying this. Oh, boy. But social studies, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's different in Missouri and Iowa, but a lot of times social studies seems to be treated like as like the, the stepchild of the curriculum. Yes. What's important is you have language arts and you have math, and then there's going to be science, which is really important. But then social studies is kind of like... Well, you know, whatever you can do. Right. That's the, that is the way it feels. And let me just be the first to say that the opinions shared by Jason Hatfield do not necessarily reflect those of the history bros or the podcast <laughs> in general. No, I'm just <laughs> no, I mean, I think that this is no, I think that this is really important, obviously, and I get really, really passionate about it because yeah, like I, if you no, turn on the news, you're list you're learning about social studies, you're I learning agree. about government. Yeah, you're this is Really, really, really important. Now, when you get around to figuring out how to test 20,000 wow. years of North American history within a, like a 50 question standardized test, well, then, yeah, things can get a little uh, complicated. Right. But it's just that I do feel like that, you know, sometimes there's a lot more emphasis put on other subjects than social studies. And I really do feel like that, you know, a lot of that needs to change because, yeah. I mean, this is important. Being a, a responsible citizen in society is important. Yeah. Knowing what we've done and the reason why we're living in this society based on the actions of people in the past is important. Oh, yes, it is. I have always. So, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, anyway, and... that's my little. I'm going to put my soapbox away. No, you're okay. So... And I'm going to back <laughs> you up on this. And, and here's the thing, Jason. I know that you and I both have some people listening to this that um, are also in the education field. And some of them are, you know, like I, I like one of the people that does our curriculum stuff tries to listen in on ours when we can. So, I mean, and honestly, mm -hmm. in, in my district, uh, the people that I'm, I'm thinking of, they would agree with me here uh, or agree with what you're saying on this. But here's the thing. Social studies is not a skill. I shouldn't say that. That's not the way I mean it. Social studies is the, the use of skills from other content areas, I should say. So, like, you can't social studies. You can't go and say, okay, let's, let's social studies today. You know, we can math. We know how to math, you know. And for the mm -hmm. most part, we can ELA. And to a certain extent, we can science. But how do you social studies? Um, well, I mean, and, yeah, and, it's, I mean, it's an interesting point. And, and when I'm going off on this whole 
this the soapbox thing, I'm not talking about like my school or my district because they obviously do value this. It's like, you know, this is these are standards that are handed down from, you know, we're talking more, you know, uh, above my school and district levels. Yeah. And and again, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot there and and I'm not trying to come off as as dismissing. What I'm saying is social studies is the context. It is the vessel. It is the boat for everything else to be put in a, a realistic, useful context. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. So that that so, that's um, my soapbox. It's it, just to to your point about you know how do you math? How do we how do we science? The everyday interaction with people who may not look like you, may not talk like you, may not react the same way you do. That's social studies. Yes. True. How is True. that not important? Right. <laughs> well, again, because I think it comes down to, you know, the lenses that people want to teach through. Well, Oof. it comes down to the test that they want to assess you on for your school-wide well, assessments. Or it could be it could be that too, which which brings uh about uh, a next topic for this whole uh September 11th thing, which is uh what changes do you think have occurred in society since September 11th? You know, which ones have been obvious? Uh, which uh, less obvious changes. And I'm also curious if uh, any of you believe that uh, there's anything that's been positive mm-hmm. that's come out of this situation. You know, you, immediately, and I talked about September 12th a little while ago, um, immediately there were changes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you like we talked about it. It was the it was the 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 trucks with the double American flags hanging out the back, um, you know, riding down the street. It was um, you know, it was a lot more unity and a lot more togetherness, um, which we clearly lost over the last uh, 18 years. Um, anything positive? I mean, I'm positive that the security lines at the airport suck. Yeah, um, I'm about that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I I flew not long after 9/11, and I can still remember going through the airport with dogs everywhere, and at that time, uh, guys in camo with M4 strapped across their chests. That was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Well, my my wife was just talking about today. We were talking about this, and she had mentioned that she had gotten on a plane with a Leatherman, like mm. just like you know utility mm. knife kind of things. Not a problem whatsoever. And then, of course, since then, and, you know, of course, then we have to we can only carry liquids in certain amounts and we have to take our shoes off and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Um, I do think that if there's anything that's positive that's come from it is one people had to learn where Afghanistan was. That's true. I mean, it did help. It did force people to kind of, okay, we need to look outside of, you know, our country in Europe. Mm-hmm. and try and see where this other thing was um sure, sure. despite the fact that uh when i was working at this uh working at the hotel i remember us getting a fax back in the day <laughs> and they had a and it was it was a map of the middle east and it had water drawn in afghanistan and it was lake afghanistan <laughs> Okay. And the thing, the thing was, they were trying to send out these faxes, like you know, let's bomb this place into oh. you know oblivion, <laughs> right? And I was like, and that I, I'm wanting to say that because you know, I wasn't you know anywhere near on the the road to being a teacher at that particular point, but looking at that, going, 
oh, so that's what Afghanistan looks like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it forced people to kind of say, OK, well, here's this other country. Obviously, the Soviets knew about Afghanistan. Right. right. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, we had not. And plus, I think it forced people to realize that, you know, Islam was a religion and it forced people to have to kind of go, OK, well, we need to, to know more about that. Now, granted, there are some people who you know, have taken what other people have said. There are people that have not really tried to research the religion on their own, mm -hmm. but it has, you know, it's sometimes in these sorts of tragedies, it does force us to, to have to kind of, Oh, here's something else that I need to learn about in order to, you know, make everything fit. In right. The situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm going to throw something out here. And I, I, it hit me tonight and it just made me think, I want to know what you guys think. We talk about some of the, the and I'm going to use the word nationalism because that's really what's going on. Um, and, and, you know, you hear the, the phrase white nationalism, and nationalism is essentially the same thing as any, any other ism. It's putting essentially your country above all else. I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pride in country, but sometimes at the expense of other countries depending on the scenario right so sure. you, you probably know where i'm going with this do you think that i mean do you think that some of the nationalism issues we're dealing with where it's gone way overboard is in part a result of 9-11 i think you could argue that we uh, well again depending on your definition of nationalism right um you could you could argue that there is a lack of and too much at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I read you. I follow what you're saying. You know, there are those who feel like we need to get back to the way we felt September 12th. We need to all come together and be more of an American people as, as opposed to Hatfield. You talked about earlier, bitching and complaining and moaning and nitpicking between the, the parties. Um, I, I, but Go ahead. Sorry. No, it, but then we also run into situations where people take this extreme view of nationalism and that's where we feel like we need to, you know, those people need to scale it back. Well, and, and here's what I was going to say about some of that is, you know, we, people will, you'll hear it often. Well, we got to get back to that feeling of, of unity and whatnot. And, and that time, you know, as, as terrible as it was, but we just got done talking about how Muslims were treated at that time. I, I can't imagine anybody would want to go back and relive that if they were Muslim. You know what I mean? No, that's true. So I, I don't know. It's it, it that was. But again, uh, well, but again, though, it's it's important to you know, as a teacher, to go back in and say, well, okay, here's a mistake, and and granted, you have to understand the amount of fear and emotion that we had as a country during that time. That yeah, you're going to have people that are going to respond in certain ways, and that's just when you're emotional. A lot of times, you're not going to be thinking logically. Right. But there's enough instances in our past, like you know the Chinese Exclusion Act to a certain degree, um, you know Executive Order 9066 imprisoning the Japanese Americans in, in internment camps. Um, that it's kind of like okay. Once that emotion settles and the, the key to it is learning how to to fight through that emotion to get to that logical end so we can go, OK, this is where we screwed up in the past. And what can we do moving forward to prevent that from happening again? Right. 
Right. But I, um, you're but, right. You know, but to say that we, you know, we can't honestly say that. Oh, you know, granted, after September 11th, yes, we were unified as a country to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, you know, uh, um, yeah, uh, Middle Eastern or, or something like that, well, then uh, there was people were going to treat you with suspicion. Right. So that's whether sure. you were, you know, born in this country or not. Right. But, um, you know, but to think that, you know, and then again, I, I'm wanting to say, I remember when they were out there on the steps of the Capitol and they were singing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And that was great. But it was literally within a matter of days that they were back at each other's necks again. Sure. Sure. And you and you, you have to think and it, that's not the first time in our history. This is, goes all the way back to, you know, Jefferson and Adams yeah. running for office. There's always been this nitpicking in our country. But, you know, it just seems like from this particular point, you know, in our own experiences that all of a sudden it's it's starting to happen. Right. Right. No, I hear you. It's yeah. And that's the whole thing. And you get I think this is kind of what you're I'm just repeating what you're trying to say. But as social studies teachers, it's about presenting all the different angles as as much as possible, as as objectively as possible, I think, and letting kids sure. make their own their own uh, uh, judgments. But like you said, um, th- when I say all the sides, it's not just the sides that are popular. But, you know, hey, let's think about this from this perspective where, you know, if you're if you're this, you know, after that, it may not be the best situation. You know, we don't think about that. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what other changes came about. Obviously, uh, well, here's a great story for you. Another sports story. In 1999, no, 2000, I was able to more or less sneak into a, a St. Louis Cardinals game. And you'll appreciate that, uh, Geldmacher. Because <laughs> um, sure. at that t- we were down there for a youth gathering and long and short of it, um, the the leader of our group said, "Hey, we should go down to the stadium. They're they're playing the Astros, and this is back in the Mark McGuire, Jeff Bagwell, Big, Craig Biggio yeah. days." And uh, he goes, "You know, if you get a ticket stub after the middle of the seventh inning, they'll let you back in." Well, of yes, course, yeah, he planted the seed. Yep. Oh, they used to. List. Yeah, exactly. That changed on nine eleven. You can't do mm-hmm. that anymore. Um, you know, security at a, at a baseball game, a football game, you know, sporting event, concerts is just unreal. You know. Yeah, you didn't know what a hand stamp was before 2001. You know, it wasn't what wasn't a thing that was concerning. Exactly. You didn't have to worry about no reentry and mm-hmm. um, bag checks and and metal detectors and oh yeah, whatnot. I mean, it just it was it, that that part is it's not. I mean, it, it's to the point now where I'm, we're, we're we're used to it, but sure, you still think about it sometimes. Like, holy cow, you know, look. Look what it used to be like. And my kid will never experience that. He'll never be able to say, yeah, I snuck into a game in, in St. Louis. He'll never sure. have that chance. And I just I just wish that there were certain aspects and certain um, drawbacks of, uh, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the extremist mentalities on both sides of the coin because you have, you know, people that – I remember, I mean, even as recent as a few years ago, being on a a friend's Facebook page and having those people just say the most detestable things about Muslims in general or uh, Middle Eastern people in general. And it's like, you saw that this week. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, this is, it's, you know, this is, is, we're going on 20 years. We haven't had, you know, God willing, we have not had another attack. Mm hmm. 
and you know and this and basically you know i would be wagering that you know a very large percentage of the individuals that were involved in that were they're all dead now right i mean either you know because of the attacks themselves but i think that was another thing that i don't think we as a country were used to is that people willing to die in their own attacks right I mean, oh, yeah. we're used to, you know, all, you know, you know, armies on a field fighting each other. And then to have people that okay. were willing to die in their own act to do that was completely, you know, <laughs> we're like, how do you fight that? What do you do with that? Right. Exactly. It's not unlike the I mean, well, we can we can teach the things like kamikazes in World War Two and you can explain what sure. it is. But but even then, you can't fathom that you can't. You can't make sense of that in your brain if that's not something that you've been, you know, that's been ingrained in you from, you know, God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. It's not something that registers with you. Yeah. Well, guys, here's another thing I want to throw out there. And yeah. I guess we can stick. Well, I'm, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Um, sure. Every once in a while, I'll get the question about conspiracies. And uh, uh. yeah, I'm curious what you guys do. <laughs> to deal with the ones that want to talk about conspiracies and maybe you believe them. I don't know. I don't know, but Hatfield, I'm going to throw this one to you because uh, you just seem like a conspiracy. And I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I, September 11th was an inside job. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we were going to um, go there. I, no, I have had debates with individuals who yeah. who have, I mean, face to face. We're not even talking online. I have had debates with individuals who, um, you know, they, they, they're they like, well, you know, there's no way that a plane could have taken this building down. That this, you know, the government had to have been involved in this or this, that, and the other. And right. you'll say, oh, well, how do you figure and, you know, some of the theories that they talk about were like that um, um, one of the ones uh, concerns uh, the, in the structural integrity of oh, the buildings and the steel. Um, you know, they talk about, well, you know, jet fuel doesn't burn at a level that, you know, would have, you know, caused the steel to melt. Yes, it does. And <laughs> and the thing is, is that some of the ones that they that I've listen that you know some of the people that i talk to i'm like well how do you know this right and then they'll say oh well there's this youtube video yeah exactly i saw it on youtube it must be true yeah i saw this youtube video that had it and it's like really well i've seen alex jones videos on youtube and i don't believe that there's a you know a plethora of gay frogs that are out there that we're needing to you know defend ourselves from <laughs> now it'd be one but time. you know it'd be one but, th- th- but this but I mean, but the thing is, is that they really do see this. I think there was one I was reading something the other day where um, this uh, professor um, uh, who's a director at the uh, Tanner Humanities Center and co-director of Middle East Center at the University of Utah said that um, that conspiracy theories aren't necessarily a recent phenomenon, but that they've changed in one fam- fundamental way that before the second half of the 20th century, a lot of conspiracy theories involved outsiders. And nowadays the conspiracy theories involve like the government or the deep hmm. state or something along those lines. Sure. And, you know, and 
going back to the whole uh, melted steel thing, you don't have to melt steel to have a tall building collapse. Nope. It has to have some sort of, you know, there has to be like enough heat to possibly make that steel bend. Exactly. And then you're going to have the structure collapse. And then he's, you know, and he, he pulls up his, the guy that was, I was talking to pulls up his, you know, his, his, his laptop and, and it's someone that I respect. It's not like this is some crackpot that I met, you know, you know, on the street right. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, you know, he opens, you know, his laptop and he uh, pulls this YouTube video up and, you know, Ooh. and it's like, look at all these puffs of smoke coming out of the, you know, this obviously our demolition and stuff. And it's like, no, the building's collapsing. Yeah, that, that would Where be. Where do you think all the air in that, you know, building's going to? Exactly. It's not, you know. Thank you. So, I mean, so I don't understand how, I mean, it's, it's, and, and then of course we can go into this whole conundrum about how, you know, there was one meme that I saw that how dare you disrespect the flag of the government that I'm stockpiling arms against. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that, and the thing is, is that I mean, that's it's it's kind of true. It's like you have like these sunshine patriots mm. that are like, you know, America is the best country in the world, except for, you know, this particular government, or at least who's in government at that particular time. To think that, you know, and I know that there's some. There was even a conspiracy theory about. Um, pearl harbor oh yeah thinking that um i think they thought that uh, fdr knew that the japanese were going to come and attack mm -hmm. and yep. he wanted to let it happen as an excuse to bring the uh, united states into it into the war but, right yeah and so i mean there i guess it's not the first time that these kind of things have happened i just don't understand why people are i mean not that i'm like so naive and doe-eyed to you know completely trust everything that you know a you know government says or tells us sure but to think that you know i i don't know maybe i am naive to think that a government would be willing to sacrifice three thousand american civilians right you know to try and have us go after someone who had said he was going to do it right a terrorist who said i don't know there's this there's something about it that doesn't make sense to me i don't know what do you guys think i'm it's, with you for me it's um it, it, uh, i approach it very simply because it's just well, most of it is just garbage just absolute garbage and uh one of the things i'll say is is has anybody ever had uh, you know uh, I, I i usually don't ask for specifics but is anybody's family ever complained about how inefficient the government is or how oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. you know inevitably someone will raise their hand and give some sort of vague example and i say so the the same government that can't figure <laughs> out how to do a b or c so that's the same government that's going to take buildings down in a major metropolitan area is that what you're saying to me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of awesome. how I that's a good point that. that's a that's a very good point i'm that's gonna a good put point. I mean, we can't get shorter lines at the dmv but the government was behind <laughs> yeah. 11 I gotta right put, <laughs> i gotta put that one in my back pocket <laughs> yeah. go for it yeah. note to self <laughs> yeah no but uh, uh Oh, sorry. Rude. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I, well, yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, you know, I, I've been, I, I don't know. I don't want to say I cut them off as soon as they start mentioning it because that's not true. Um, but a lot of times I'll let them do their stuff and I'll, I'll have, 
I'll try to have a, a well-reasoned debate with them. And what they're oh, doing, sure. yeah, and they're trying to, to spout something they saw on the social uh, medias or they saw on the YouTubes or they saw somebody else told them and said, hey, check this video out. And, and that's where we start. I, a lot of times we'll start my discussion with them about, hmm, do we need to check our sources? You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's where I'll go with it. I well, mean, it's YouTube. Someone obviously vetted it before it was put sure. up. No, 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 no. If it was Wikipedia, it would have been fine. I would have gone with it. <laughs> you know, let me let me side tangent for just a moment. I was uh, I was I was on Wikipedia uh, because I've been editing some things for the for the podcast, and I looked up my my edit history, and all of my edits over the last three years have been rejected for being untrue or false or valid or invalid and and i i went back and looked at all the changes that are the things that i'd edited and i noticed that it was a trend what i do when kids talk about oh it was on this website they pull up wikipedia i'm like let me show you wikipedia and then i will go into the edit phase you know the edit function right. yeah i right. will change something ridiculous and then i will forget <laughs> forget to go back and change it <laughs> so Wikipedia has has said no. We've reverted your edit back to the way it was because you're a dummy. You <laughs> are persona non grata <laughs> in oh, Wikipedia. You gotta do it with a fake account, dude. But that but that's the point. But that, my point is that that is how I, that I use it to show them how easily it is for them to be duped about stupid things like that. Right. Well, when um, I know that there was a huge story when uh, Sarah Palin was referencing aspects of the Revolutionary War, and I think they were talking about Paul Revere, uh, especially that she was being called out for not exactly being uh, 100% on board with what history acknowledges that mm -hmm. people flooded Wikipedia to all of a sudden rewrite those <laughs> areas to then make it, you know, that those were valid. Right. And so, yeah. So, and that's, that's usually, um, I usually don't jeopardize my, uh, validity on the online community by, you know, <laughs> changing, you know, various, you know, uh, Wikipedia pages, you know, <laughs> kudos to you for putting your, you know, your, your name on the line there, Buster. Hey man. You know, in most of the cases it was just like, uh, you know, I'd pull up a page about somebody famous and I would type in the words and they had a sweet head of hair or something like something stupid like that. Right. Um, yeah. that, that, you know, that's not referenced properly. So yeah, exactly. You did not link it to an appropriate, uh, you know, page of right, some no. sort to back that that's up. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly my bad. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I don't. Um, I I I don't understand. I mean, conspiracy theories. It's kind of like one of the reasons why you know we talked about this in the last episode. Why I'm just not a huge fan of uh, ancient aliens. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you have a lot of conjecture, and and it's nothing that's ever resolved anyway. Right. It's like sure. this could be what it is, but we'll never really know because of the gummit. Right. And so it's like, you know, OK, well, all right. That's, if, if that you know, and, and so and but the thing is, you know, it does get people to, to think. But do you think that people do you think that there are people that are purposely floating false conspiracy theories out there for whatever reason, either, you know, clicks or something along those lines? Do you think they're floating it out there? Um, without caring that there's going to be people out there that go, well, yeah, that must be it. 
Yes. I think there are people that don't necessarily do it on purpose, but they think that it is something that should be debated or discussed, and they don't care after that point, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do. Sad. I mean... (laughs) No, it's very sad. It is. I mean, especially when you have somebody that, you know, that you do respect that will, you know, that you're like, okay, here's someone that, you know, I've, I've talked to about various topics and who I, you know, uh, you know, maybe in some cases, you know, admire. And then he comes over and he's like, well, you know that they're putting water and you know stuff in the water that makes the frogs gay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And Perfect. then you're kind of like going, wait, wh- what? And- <laughs> oh my God. Are you watching Infowars? And my, yeah. Do you know what, who, and all of a sudden it's like, have I been living a lie this whole time? You know? And <laughs> yeah. So I just, fantastic. yeah. It, I mean, yeah. I mean, and the really, the only ones, I mean, of course you've got the ones floating about JFK. Sure. Um, and that kind of stuff, but nothing quite the same as I think as, uh, as are floated around about September 11th. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, there's even some, um, more recently, uh, I hate to be the admitted, admitted one who says this, but I, I, uh, I'm a fan of some of the lost gold type shows on history channel mm-hmm. yep. and, uh, the, the civil war one, they've recently started talking about how they feel like. Stanton was uh, involved in the assassination of Lincoln. Mm. And, you know, like you said, it's conjecture. It's uh, it's there's evidence that touches on things around that kind of idea. But uh, what, you know, like where, where, how, what, what? It's like some people have just enough information to be dangerous. Yes. Right. Oh, yes. Sure. Yes, a thousand times. You know, I, I, I really think some of this is the desire to be famous. Um, oh, sure. You know, uh, somebody sa- proposes a theory that's that's plausible enough. And so if I put it either, you know, if, I, if I'm not, nobody famous, um, you know, don't have my own Wikipedia page or anything, I put it on YouTube and somebody else <laughs> w- watches it. And, and then I can, my, my status rises. If I'm sure. the history channel or if I'm the discovery channel or ID or whatever channel you want or, um, or, you know, CNN or Fox news or whoever, uh, I have to sell ads, which means I have to have people watching my, my station, which means I have to have stuff that's interesting. So, Hey, I'll run this thing on a possible conspiracy theory. People say, oh, I need to look at that. And therefore, I, I meet my, my sales goals and sell more ads. And uh, I, I really think that plays. I mean, in, in the day and age of the access to way too much information, um, this is, I think that is the breeding ground for what we're dealing with, personally. And sure. as, as another shout out to um, the Colonial Williamsburg when we were there for the Teaching Institute mm-hmm. and we had that opportunity where uh, we got to witness what they called, uh, I, I don't it was um, interpreters, um, which are basically kind of like the role players that uh, that work there. And you had Lady Dunmore, and you had Martha Washington. Oh, Martha uh, Washington! And uh, Rude, you can talk about Martha Washington at some point. But um, <laughs> we were sitting there, and you know they were having this scene where they were talking to each other. But then afterwards, they got to open up the the question and answer session, in which we got to ask them questions in character mm, yes and then afterwards they dropped character and we were able to ask them questions as the people themselves 
and uh, the lady playing Martha Washington, and I can't I can't think of her name off Catherine the top of my head. <laughs> what was that again? Catherine Pittman. Okay, Pittman, Catherine Pittman. Okay, yeah. Without without a breath of a without, breath, without, without, without the slightest hesitation. What? And um, what? we were asking her, I was like, so, you know, how much work and how much, you know, research do you do for this character? Because she was playing this character like to a T. Mm-hmm. And then um, she said, well, because the things that I say here can be quoted and used in documents because it has happened before. Like someone will be sitting there listening to her talk in character and they'll be like, okay, well, she's talking. She's not, you know, making this up because that's not mm-hmm. the purpose of Williamsburg. So then someone's going to quote or use that in some sort of book or magazine or whatever. And so she saw that as a responsibility to be taken seriously. Sure. And so, and, and I feel like kind of that's how this is with, you know, with this podcast is that we want to be able to transmit that same sort of um, intention and, uh, actual factual information instead of you know but to think that there are people out there that are like well here's something that i think might have happened and here's the evidence but i can't really prove it but i'm going to throw it out there for everybody to believe right and i think you know when you when you're dealing with history and again you know and even perhaps even teaching history you have to be really really careful about the handling of that right oh yeah i I, yeah Having said that, I want to let you know that I did just add conspiracy theories to a possible uh, future episode. Awesome. You know, just in general. Well, that's what that well, typing was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, so well, it's it's funny you did that because my, my wife, who apparently is part of the content director now, um, <laughs> based on... Wait, well, you week, added it to what? The, to what? To our list on the on the... Uh, no, I, yeah, I just added it to our episode, our possible episode. Oh, oh, oh okay, I, okay. Because it's something that intrigues me, not because I want, not because I buy into it, because just just because I like to hear, um, you know, like Oliver Stone's JFK, how it's just like ridiculous and like, dude, come on, but right. it's entertaining. It's you know, so while I while I, <laughs> while you just got done talking about the importance of telling the truth and being honest and being factual, I added that we should do a future episode on conspiracies and let's argue some of them and let's play devil's advocate. That'll be fun. Well, I think one of the things, well, one of the things that I teach my kids is that, you know, if you're trying to argue a point, it's really, really important that you know both sides of it because it's going to help you a lot in your position because I mean, like I would be, I love when we're debating some sort of aspect of anything Mm-hmm. The whole class will start leaning in one direction, and, and there will be something that I completely <laughs> disagree with. Yeah, but I'm going to start arguing in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. and it all of a sudden fun. they're like, "Are you crazy? Why are you thinking?" And by the time the class is over, it's like, "No, I don't believe that." But you know, I want you guys. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm telling you how to think. Right. And this is the way that you know I'm wanting to go about doing it. It drives them. crazy crazy oh, because they're like that. you know why would you know and all of a sudden they start like wait if he's saying that then does that mean that we should be believing that and it mm-hmm. forces them to either trust themselves and what what it is that they know 
But of course, it's all in a controlled environment. I don't just let them leave, you know, thinking that right. there's like right, you know right, false right. information. But you're doing. I the- really want them to put them on the spot to make them have faith that they know what it is that they're talking about. Exactly. You do that countdown on the clocks. Like, okay, I need three minutes to explain to them that this is total garbage what I'm saying, but I gotta fix it. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, guys, yeah. we gotta stop. I need. I I, I gotta say something quick. Yeah. I've, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, the bell rings. Wait. 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 Don't go yet. Don't go yet. There's yeah, a lot of backtracking I need to do right now. Yeah. Is anybody still mad? <laughs> See me after class. <laughs> I did that yes. just. The, well, I did that the other uh, day. <laughs> I just really want to say that um, uh, there's so much that we can talk about uh, concerning September 11th and the conspiracy theories and the stories and the horror and the facts and everything that went along with it, um, as well as honoring the individuals who lost their lives, including, um, you know, the fire and rescue that came to think Mm -hmm. that you're running up into a skyscraper, for example, um, you know, to try and rescue people that are trapped, yep. knowing full well that the structural integrity is going to, you know, cause these buildings to collapse or that the government's going to detonate them, whichever one you're wanting to think about. Right. But I do want <laughs> to um, to just, you know, kind of wrap this up and, you know, put a button on it and just say there's so much that we can talk about. But it was important for us to you know take this opportunity to honor that even though we've only touched on like just the tip of the iceberg of all the subjects and all the possibilities that we could talk about uh concerning this topic yeah i'm with you there and um you know it, it it's important if not therapeutic for everybody who uh who listens to this i think that experienced it themselves and i think it's important and therapeutic for us um you know, to kind of remember what it was all about uh, to an extent. Um, you know, for me, with the, like I said, with the background that I've got, uh, the, the way I was raised, the people I was raised around, um, 343 is a number that means something. My dad was also a volunteer firefighter. Um, you know, that's the number of firefighters that were killed from the New York City Fire Department. Sure. Um, I, you know, I know that number. And uh, to this yeah. day... Yeah. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I still see stories about officers and EMTs and paramedics and, and firefighters that are still dying because of the uh, the cancer that they got from being in oh, that building. Sure, sure, sure. And so uh, I, I thank you guys for the opportunity to, I don't want to say reminisce, but to revisit a uh, a dark day, but an important day. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for, um, for you guys sharing your stories with us. Uh, yeah, same to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was kind of a downer. No, nah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I went. didn't have my tap shoes on. I had a great tap number planned out for an ending of a September 11th podcast. I think, <clears throat> you, 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 I'm I, so wait, sorry we're going to miss that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't have been, cl- sh- shouldn't have, <laughs> shouldn't have been clogs. Oh, oh, see, it would just, it's, 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 it's an endless chain. It's an endless chain between all of our podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, otherwise, how would you know which one to go and what listen to first? That's, that's <laughs> true. That's Well, I don't remember anything about clogging. That must have been episode three. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hey, uh, you know, we're still uh, out there on the social medias. Uh, guys, What I, I always forget. What is our social media? We got three different ones. 
We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. And you can find us on all three by searching uh, at History Bros Pod, at History Bros Pod. And then also platform-wise, if you're wanting to listen, obviously you found us in, in one spot if, if you're listening to us uh, right now. But uh, if you're looking for other locations where you can find the History Bros, we are on like at least eight different platforms, including <laughs> Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, finally officially, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, CoinPod, uh, is it, or is it? Or Podcoin. 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 Podcoin is the big one. We like that one. And uh, we've submitted our our, our, uh, our, our podcast to uh, Pandora as well. So if, if you have a preferred one that you'd rather listen to, uh, we should be there. Guys, great yeah, episode. Fantastic. Great You're doing episode. a great job, man. Yeah, that was a good one. Now, <laughs> get out there and listen, listen, listen. Share, share, share. And let's make this thing big because uh, there's some cool stuff we can do with this. Leave us good reviews, share the share the podcast, and yeah. again, if you have any suggestions, questions, or you want to have uh, more information, then um, you know, give us um, give us a shout out on the on the social medias, and uh, we'll um, we'll uh, incorporate all that. And, yeah, we will. And if all you want to do is give Hatfield crap about his Wikipedia page, like we do, you can do that too. Sure. <laughs> and if you want to know more information, just take a voyage down to your local library. It's all in books. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the ending for the Voyagers TV series in the eighties. It was my favorite. Nice. Oh my so, gosh! Throw nice. that out there. All right, and someday we'll unpack the whole Martha Washington thing. No, boy. not tonight. Oh boy, <laughs> not today. Not today. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks again, guys, and we look forward to talking at you next time. Sounds good. Are, are we gonna? Are we gonna see you? Or deuces? Uh, sure. Yeah, oh. let's do that. Let's 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 make this as l- less awkward as the the last few podcasts that we've had. All right, <laughs> go ahead, Too guys. Late. <laughs> Oh, uh, have a good. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, um, thank you again, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you later. See ya. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs>